This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Together listeners, I am thrilled to welcome Dara Zykerman to the podcast today. Um, and the reason why I'm excited to be talking to Dara today is we all know that a huge cornerstone of sustainability is really about reevaluating our relationship with consumerism. Um, and in general, that means we need to take stock of what we have, um, think about what we need, and also think about what we don't need. Um, so Dara has spent, um, you know, a good portion of her career and her life, um, you know, uh, as a minimalist and a life coach, and she's the creator of less equals more. Um, and you know, her, her main goal is to help people pare down their belongings. Um, and she supports clients in reducing their stuff really so that they can help improve their lives. So Dara, thank you so much for joining us. I wonder if you can, uh, introduce yourself and let our audience know a little bit more about you. Wonderful. Uh, Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to talk to everybody about minimalism and sustainability. I started Less Equals More um, several years ago, but my journey to minimalism started way before that. I was definitely the kid who liked to organize. And I often did that for friends and family members, sometimes pushing myself on, on them to get them organized. <laughs> sure. Um, but, but what it taught me was that this was not a skill that everybody was born with, much like I was not born with the skill to have good directional sense. And I get lost all the time. Other people Same. are good at that, <laughs> right? We all have these sort of innate skills. And this is just the thing that I was good at. But it it really fed my curiosity and my desire to ask questions and learn more about how people worked. And I started to see a lot of similarities between different people struggling with keeping their lives simple and keeping them organized and keeping their minds organized as well. And so that seed was planted when I was um, on the younger side, but then I went to college and I studied environmental science and my interest in sustainability grew exponentially at that point. And then all of these things that I learned along the way, because I'm definitely a, you know, a 
well, a perfectionist perhaps, but somebody who definitely <laughs> likes to try different things, see what works, adapt, change, and continue growing. Um, I learned all of these various life skills along the way and um, learned a lot of information about our interactions with stuff and psychology. And I left you know, university um, wanting to save the planet <laughs> because I, I felt that was important. And so I worked at the U.S. Green Building Council for about a dozen years. Um, and we really focused on the built environment. But then I wanted to, and by the way, that was at quite a large scale. Um, sure, yeah. And now, and then I wanted to work on what's inside of the built environment, the people, <laughs> the stuff, and um, incorporate what I learned about sustainability as part of that. Well, I mean, I love to hear that journey because I do feel like, um, you know, one of the very first um, things that you mentioned is is just just resonated so much with me, which is it is a skill. The paring down of things is absolutely a skill. Um, and it's one that we're not taught. Um, I feel like exactly. I go on a rant every other day about other uh, life skills that we're not taught in school. Mm -hmm. Right. And this absolutely should be one alongside budgeting. Right. Like understanding exactly. mm -hmm. what we have, um, what we have access to and what we really don't need. Um, because mm -hmm. if we're not constantly thinking about that or taking, you know, sort of mental inventory, it's really, really easy and totally understandable in, in many instances mm -hmm. that we acquire too many things that we don't need. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the other point that I wanted to kind of mention was I, I find it fascinating how you were able to very, in my mind, seamlessly um, you know, equate sustainability and minimalism together. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm curious to know a little bit about like when you had that, that thought process and sort of why mm -hmm. it, um, why minimalism, why you believe minimalism matters to, um, creating a more sustainable planet. Hmm. Um, well, there are a couple, couple of avenues in which the, the, that connection was made. Um, one of them was simply through products. So, some, as somebody who cared about the environment, when I would go to buy something, I knew that that thing I was buying was using resources. And whether that thing was um, a quote unquote green product or not, it was still using resources. I had a, a decent understanding then um, of, of what it took to make a product. And we often think that what makes a product is just the actual resources that we hold in our hand that make up the product itself. But in fact, a lot, a lot goes into that product, the advertising for that product, people, their transportation to the job where they make the product, all of the byproducts of the product. So um, not to mention pollution as well. So no matter how green a product is, it was kind of clear to me, wait a second, there's a lot behind any product that I buy. So what is the greenest product? Um, it's, it's not a product. <laughs> um, and so that, that was a major piece of that connection. And then also, um, you know, reading a lot of environmental literature, I was seeing a, a commonality between um, sustainability and minimalism and living simply. And like mm. living with the earth in mind. Absolutely. And you're, you're a hundred percent right. When we think about, you know, it, it's not just the thing that we're holding in our hand. There's so many things that go into it. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, 
one one epiphany I've had after kind of thinking more about that is is really thinking about how to not waste things once we get them, right? Mm, like just understanding exactly. that, you know, yes, sure, an item might take up a physical amount of space in your home, but how do we create systems in which one person's trash is another person's treasure? Um, and mm-hmm. You know, well, I think we're going to talk about a few of those solutions in a second. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that I wanted to, you know, typically what we like to do on, on the podcast is share a few statistics. And just so people know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we found, you know, a few different studies. I mean, one said the average American home has 300,000 items in it. 300,000. Um, that is a lot. Um, and the average American throws away more than 68 pounds of clothes and 185 pounds of plastic annually. So that essentially, um, according to the EPA, amounts to around five pounds of trash generated per person mm-hmm. per day. So we, you know, I say this because it's important, I think, for us to ground ourselves in just really the impact that we're talking about. But I also say it because um, the lens that we've taken at Good Together um, and really brightly is to focus on the consumption angle of sustainability. We talk about a lot of different topics here, but the main point that we typically try to get across to people is that your consumption habits really matter a lot. And I think Mm -hmm. it's hard for people to to realize that, right? They think, oh... Mm -hmm climate change and, um, you know, sustainability related problems should be left up to governments or it's not going to make a big difference for me as an individual. And that's really just not Mm -hmm. true. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all have, we are, we're all a part of it. It's all our world. So there's nobody left out of that equation. Yeah. It's, 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 to me, it's so interesting. So, um, you know, as we, as we kind of get in now into the conversation about becoming more of a minimalist, um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love for us to kind of walk through, you know, some some steps and where people should start as they start to think about this, um, you know, uh, potential activity in their life. But before mm-hmm. we get into that, you know, I also mm-hmm. like to tell people, in addition to the, um, you know, the climate and the environmental impact and positive impacts that can come from adopting um, a, you know, less is, um, you know, less uh, equals more, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. mind frame. Uh, I would be curious to know, I, I know you mentioned in your, in your, uh, your, your various, um, talks about this, that there is a lot of financial and, and mindfulness benefit that can come mm-hmm. from being a minimalist. I wonder if you could tell the audience a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, and those are two great examples actually of the like extra benefits we get from embracing minimalism, which is why it's so cool. It's, it, 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 it captures so many different elements of our lives. And from the financial standpoint, you know, at, at first blush, it would be easy to say, well, I'm, you would be saving money because you're not buying as many products, right? If you're a minimalist, you buy less. But it's not just about that. It's actually about organizing your finances in a simple and streamlined way. Um, so it gives us an opportunity to get really clear on what you want to spend your money on and then knowing where you're spending that money and not allowing um, financial stress to dictate behavior or lack of behavior in action. Um, and then once you've done that and you've gotten really clear and you're streamlined and you feel really in control, then you can make some choices about where you spend your money. And sometimes that will be on spending more money on purchasing really good quality products. 
because yep. um, often we're we're spending money on less good products and then the turnaround is very quick and then we have to buy something new. So whether you buy a green product or even if you bought a product that isn't technically what we would call green, but if it lasted many decades, that in itself is, is a much more green product than what we tend to see in the market. So having that extra money available and a prior and prioritizing it that way is, is a way that minimalism helps. That's so interesting. I've, I've never really heard it, um, you know, thought about in that perspective, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I talk a lot about how longevity um, of product is kind of a secret. I call it a secret mm-hmm. sister to sustainability, which is weird, mm-hmm. but it's like a secret, uh, you know, a pal, basically. I, I, I do think absolutely. that we should not feel terrible about spending a little bit of extra money for something that's going to mm-hmm. last a long time. But to your point, oftentimes mm-hmm. we don't have the budget for it. So by taking stock of what you have um, and not buying things that we don't need, um, you can actually save money in the long run. Um, And and one thing that I love to do um, and one sort of system that I kind of alluded to earlier is, you know, thinking about ways to, you know, trade items or just give them away to friends and family and general neighbors. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm really into our local buy nothing group here um, in Seattle, Mm -hmm. but for me, that's been a huge, um, you know, cost saving specifically for, um, I have a almost a one and a half year old now. Um, Mm. and you know, there's so much stuff that comes with having a child. And so uh, being able to like log onto the buy nothing group and not only see really good quality things that, you know, are no longer being used and, and could, you know, be used by me, I can, do the same thing and, and pass things on. And then I can also like request, I've seen, you know, people request mm-hmm. things before. So Absolutely. I'm really curious. I'm, I'm sure you're a big fan of buy nothing too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. buy, lo- buy nothing is very popular in my area and it's very popular with my clients. And for the clients I have that don't know about it, it ends up being like this release valve, right? Like it just takes away any of the guilt that they have about giving something away. And it also does something else, which is it, helps highlight the fact that minimalism is actually about community. We do minimalism. We take action around minimalism through community resources. So whether it's a buy nothing group or a a local donation center, um, whether it's helping a neighbor um, get rid of some things in their basement that they can no longer lift um, (laughs) out of it because they, they've got an older, um, whether it's, you know, talking to neighbors about their struggles with their stuff. Um, minimalism isn't a solitary sport. So um, groups like Buy Nothing are great from the financial end and a reuse um, end, but also from the community's perspective. Oh, I love that. And I mean, oftentimes, um, you know, one of the things that we hear the most at this at this podcast is, Oh, I feel like I'm the only one in my family who cares about this or mm. you know my friend group yes. or whatever. And of course that's changing now because people are definitely mm-hmm. paying more and more attention to to becoming more sustainable, but um it, it's a common um you know, it's a common thing that we hear. And so, you know, to hear you bring it back to the community piece is is really interesting because you know, if we consider the um, you know, general community impact that the mm-hmm. sharing and trading and et cetera, exchanging of items can have. I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, and, and I'll also say um, my husband and I have been in our neighborhood in Seattle for 
little over two years now, but a big portion of that was COVID. And so we, we really weren't able to, to integrate into the community like we wanted to. And I mean, um, I think, you know, culturally, it's a little bit harder to do that now. Regardless, what I'm trying to say is that uh, the Buy Nothing group for us has actually been a really fun way to meet people. (laughs) Like, I mean, you can you can figure Mm -hmm. out pretty quickly on your group. Oh, this lady always is posting, um, you know, sourdough starter. So she must be a baker, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just like a really fun way to interact. And so I I love that you you brought it back to the community. Yeah. Well, uh, minimalism can be fun, you know, yeah. it's, it's fun to, to, to commiserate with other people and yep. to even poke fun at our, ourselves at times, you know, it's, we're all, we're all in the same mess here <laughs> and we can all clean it up together. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm sure you get, you get this question a lot and I get it too, which is like, oh, you talk about minimalism a lot. Like, does your home look like a, a museum? And you're probably mm-hmm. like, no, of course not. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> To be honest, my my home does look a little bit like a museum, but that's yeah. because I live by myself. Um, okay. Once you get yeah. a second person in the equation, um, you know that it's a whole nother story. Sure. Um, but I also happen to use my space um, as a teaching tool. Um, so okay. when I have people over, I, I'll give a tour of my space and explain why I made all the decisions that I made. Um, oh, that being okay. said, that being said, I'm. It's not that I'm unlike other people. I mean, I will have been in my apartment for three hours and suddenly I feel like everything is on the counter and the floor and it'll it'll feel overwhelming um, pretty quickly. So um, what that shows me is that, oh, I live alone and I love organizing and tidying up and I don't have a lot of stuff. And if in a, just a few hours I can feel, I feel like my apartment's a mess, um, what what happens when I multiply that um, <laughs> by all of those other factors? So what I try to to tell people um, when it comes to organizing is that it, it takes a very 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 small amount of time to make things messy. Yes, and it if does. you've done and if you've done that for thirty years, it's going to take a long time to deconstruct that. That's um, a really great way to think about it because yeah. I think people there's like a lot of like guilt and mm-hmm. and or just like shame in there like wow you know I'm so messy or wow I shouldn't have done this but I love what you I love what you just said well and you bring up such a great point about shame and that kind of dovetails into the mindfulness piece of this but that is what I see all the time is that it's shame stopping people from taking action um, and stopping people from taking the appropriate actions that are most efficient because they'll kind of nip around the edges. Um, And there is literally nothing for people to feel shameful about. Um, Again, going back to what you talked about earlier, not everybody is born with the skill. Not everybody is taught the skill. And not everybody has the time to set up a very efficient minimalist home once they learn about that as a tool. So when I talk to anybody, my, my take on it is, hey, if you are interested in making a change, that's where your confidence should come in because not everybody's willing to make a change. And um, I want people to feel empowered and feel like they actually have autonomy over their lives, which is why mindfulness and minimalism go so well hand in hand because they really inform each other. Um, You know, with mindfulness, we can determine what's most important in our life, what we really care about, our values like sustainability. And then with minimalism, we can live a less distracted life where we're, we're not so focused on things 
and we're more focused on what's meaningful um, based on on our presence um, and our, our state of peace in the in the moment at hand. Absolutely. I mean, for, from my perspective, too, I think people oftentimes don't understand how um, closely linked our you know, mental state is with our consumption mm-hmm. patterns. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, actually when I was postpartum, um, you know, and was dealing with all of the emotions that come with that, I found myself like wanting to overbuy things for my baby. And actually that's like very mm-hmm. common because mm-hmm. people are going through all sorts of hormonal changes. They're also like in a situation where they want to provide the best for their new addition and all these things, but it's, it's really common. Almost every mom either my mm-hmm. mom's group or kind of in my circles is like, Oh yeah, I did that exact same thing. And, um, that was absolutely a reflection of my mental state at the time, you know, it was overwhelmed and, and had a lot of mood swings, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, I mean, I think, um, there are, there's, there's a link there, right. There's a link between mm-hmm. how you're feeling, um, and, and what kind of stage of life you're in. Um, and of course there's also an element of privilege as well, which we talk a lot about here too. I mean, mm-hmm. there are, um, many people out there who, um, you know, don't have an an excess of things because it's not financially feasible to them. But I I would say with the, um, you know, with the, I would say probably the rise of, um, you know, fast fashion and, Mm -hmm. you know, more affordable quote unquote things, um, that we've seen probably in the past, you know, 30 to 40 years, it has Mm -hmm. unfortunately become easier over time, regardless of budget to acquire more things. Right. Absolutely. And, and you also brought up a very good point about, you know, having a child, that's a time of transition, right? And so with times of transition, we also need to give ourselves different sets of permissions about what we have and how our home looks and not box ourselves into how things used to be. And to also be willing to change and adapt as as things proceed. Um, And I think some folks who really want to maintain a very organized lifestyle have trouble during those times of transition or Mm -hmm. don't take advantage of them as opportunities to rethink things. Um, And so I always, you know, caution people, hey, if you're dealing with a transition, it's a great time to bring minimalism into your life. But that doesn't mean... um, Minimalism isn't as restrictive as it sounds. I mean, if you have a child, that means part of your minimalism um, is going to look differently um, because you're going to have more things around because you have a child and that's perfectly fine. Um, And it's just important to be checking in with yourself as you continue on to make sure it still works for you and making adaptations as needed. Absolutely. Um, And then I think before we get into some top tips for people as they start Mm -hmm. to kind of go into their downsizing journey, the last thing that I kind of wanted to cover was um, about how taking inventory and taking stock of what you have can actually help you um, reduce waste. Um, So Mm, we've talked a lot about like preventing, um, you know, maybe preventing waste from coming inside of your house because you, you've taken like this active mindset to say, I'm not going to buy anything else. But I think there's also a lot of people, myself included out there, who, mm-hmm. because you're not as organized as you'd like to be, 
Um, and, and I talked about this in a few a few episodes ago, but for those of you who didn't hear this, um, we um, recently in my house um, redid our pantry situation because uh, yes. mm-hmm. our pantry um, is in an area of the home. So it's like on a different level than the kitchen. It's kind of in a basement area and we mm-hmm. live in an older home and the previous pantry solution was very cavernous. Like you would mm-hmm. like stack things and you'd like lose your arm trying to get the, the things mm-hmm. in the back, right? Like they were, it was just mm-hmm. so, you, you could stack things forever back there. And mm-hmm. so we, because we're busy, we have a kid, et cetera, didn't really prioritize any kind of organization of the space. And mm-hmm. um, we, we did at one point actually have somebody come out and help us organize it. So we felt good for a little bit, but then mm-hmm. we just kind of went back to our old ways. And so I finally was mm-hmm. like, I've had enough. And the reason why I've had enough is because we are buying things over and over again that we don't need. Like we didn't need um, to buy another big pack of pasta at Costco. We actually had that, but it was so Mm -hmm. far back in these cavernous things Mm -hmm. that we, we couldn't see what was going on. Um, And Mm -hmm. so um, my husband and I actually did um, a DIY um, Ikea hack where we like literally Mm -hmm went in and got kitchen cabinets and hung them in the space where that uh, pantry used to be. And it's mm-hmm. it, not only does it look a lot better, but it's so nice to be able to just quickly see what we have because exactly. we're not buying more food than we need. And that to me was mm-hmm. like a really big mental unlock, right? About sort of this mm-hmm. inventory system, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So curious to know, um, you know, I kind of just went through um, a a situation in my life where I I, I did a bit of a downsizing. But for those who who are looking to start maybe smaller, not do a big Ikea hack, you know, maybe what are some (laughs) tips um, that you like to share with folks who are looking to start downsizing and becoming more minimalist? This is such a great question because I find that people either get to this point of wanting to start and they either become paralyzed and overwhelmed and don't do anything or they'll kind of pick around the edges of things. Okay. So they don't really have a plan. They're just like, Oh, my closet's kind of full. Let me look through some clothes and um, not having a plan and not having um, a focus and a mission um, is a, is a great way to spin a lot of wheels, right? You might get rid of some things, but are you making a big change? So I usually suggest when getting started to actually take a step back, like away from your stuff Hmm. and sit down and actually think about what are your values? What are your priorities in your life right now? What is the vision for your space? What's working? What's not working? What's your lifestyle like? What do you want your lifestyle to be like? So don't actually go through your stuff to begin. Think about it. Think about your life. Think about what your goals are. Think about how you want things to change because that becomes a map that you use when you ask yourself questions as you're looking through your stuff. You see how that item maps back to these bigger decisions that you've made. Um, And then start thinking about a plan. Is this something you're going to work on every weekend? Is this something you need somebody's help with? Um, Are there some lists that you need to make, some research that you need to do? Um, Do you have a lot of things that are family related? And so you have to talk to some family members about it first. So think in those terms. And um, then you had mentioned the term inventory. Um, That's exactly what to do next is to kind of take a cursory inventory of everything that you have because you have undoubtedly 
forgotten some things. <laughs> there are back of the closets, there are attics, there are basements, and also there are like auxiliary spaces. Maybe you have an office where you keep a lot of personal items, a storage unit, you keep things at a relative's home, you have a car filled with things. Um, that's how you actually get started is knowing yourself, knowing what you want and knowing what you actually have. It makes the rest of the journey way easier, more efficient and more effective. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the inventory process can sound maybe a little bit daunting to people, but it's really not. I mean, it, it has a fancy name, but it's literally just understanding what you have. Um, exactly. You don't have to list every single item. Oh, no. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I have clothes, I have purses, I have belts, you know, I have wallets or, um, yeah. and it's usually the purpose of the inventory is more to, to acknowledge the things that you don't think about a lot. Yeah. Or that you want to forget about <laughs> versus like the obvious things that you have that, you know, that you, you always think about. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're right. You don't have to go and handwrite all this stuff. It's in, you can right. do it mentally as well. Um, and it also, mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, quickly brings to light, obviously what you need and what you don't need. Um, but it exactly. also brings to light, um, what I'd say is, uh, you know, maybe like fit or sizing or even, um, mm -hmm. with clothing specifically, um, maybe like a taste mm -hmm. change. Like maybe you used to wear mm -hmm. a yeah. lot of one color, a lot of one style and you don't anymore. So it, it's just a really good way for you to kind of stop and think, okay. So, um, once people have taken their inventory, um, mm -hmm. then what do they do? How do we, how do we start to, to gently purge? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of setup that still needs to be done. And one of, I kind of mentioned this already, but one is research. Okay. Because what happens is somebody picks something up, they kind of know that they don't use it, but they don't want to put it in the landfill, which is great. You don't want things going into the landfill, but we need to have an alternative. Um, so that's when they have to, if they haven't found their buy nothing group, sign up for that and know how it works. Okay. Um, find a large donation center near them that they want to donate to. Um, think about other donation centers that specialize in different things that they might want to donate to. Um, if they know that they have, let's say, some um, tech equipment that they think they can get money for, research how you're going to sell it. So basically have your list of where things will be going um, and any question marks there so that when you pick an item up, you don't put it back because you don't know where it's going. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. You, you want to feel like there's a follow through. And then that second piece of that follow through is setting up boxes, bins, bags labeled with these different places. And you might even have a bag for a friend of yours who, you know, mm -hmm. wants X, Y, and Z, or you, I, it was funny. I was with a client. She had a book that she had borrowed from a neighbor, like several years ago, like a very, 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 very long time ago. And something from her sister that she had borrowed like a dozen years ago. And <laughs> through the that. process, she found these things. And she remembered <laughs> who they went to and then came up with a way to make sure she could get it to them. Right. Yeah. So, um, so sometimes it's stuff that we're giving to people that we borrowed from, whatever it is, have those things set up so that the hard thing is, is, is making the decision to say goodbye to the item but it's easy once you've said goodbye to know where it goes. And, okay. and this also goes for, um, you know, we're talking about sustainability. 
Um, looking up your local waste transfer station, what yep. can be recycled, what cannot be recycled, and having answers to those questions on hand. So again, in the midst of downsizing, you, you're not getting distracted. That makes total sense. And I mean, I think the way that you've laid out um, this sort of action plan for people it's, it's, it's achievable. You also don't have to, I mean, the other thing, audience members, like you don't have to do this all at once. You can take your time. Exactly. Um, don't drive yourself, um, you know, in, into a state where you don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I actually, I saw a funny TikTok the other day of a woman who, um, she describes, she's going to, she, she wants to declutter her whole home. And the way that she mm-hmm. says it is, uh, it's, she's doing a series and she's going room by room. And the, it's like decluttering mm-hmm. my home. Um, so I stop uh, hating it or something like, you know, like the, yeah. she, she's mm-hmm. just talking about it from a, from a um, comedic perspective. But I do think it is important to, to recognize that, you know, our, our physical surroundings do have a big impact mm-hmm. on us mentally um, mm-hmm. and making sure that we're, you know, checking in with ourselves and, um, you know, giving ourselves some, some grace throughout the, the uh, process is really important as well. Yeah. And as you mentioned, like seeing the the humor in it, there's so many <laughs> yeah. times we were just looking at things like, why do I have this? This mm-hmm. is so funny, like that I'm so attached to it. Um, and that's okay. You know, we're just, we're humans being humans. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine to have some, some random things mm-hmm. in the house that you don't really need, but you, you mm-hmm. enjoy, right. That that's, that's yeah. called life. <laughs> Yeah. And it could be a fun process because sometimes you discover things and you're like, oh, this is, I forgot about this. Or like, I can't believe I used to do this or X, Y, and Z. So yeah, have fun with it for sure. Absolutely. Well, Dara, it's been so nice to talk with you. I feel like I've learned so much um, about, you know, why, um, you know, minimalism and sustainability kind of go hand in hand. And um, I also feel like I've got some new actionable um, tips and tricks to take into my own life. Um, But before we completely wrap up, we typically like to ask our guests um, the same question because I love to hear the different answers. And so that question Mm -hmm. is, you know, from where you sit, either, you know, personally, professionally, or maybe just kind of um, how you're observing things, um, what is exciting you the most about what you're seeing going on in the sort of eco-friendly and sustainable movement right now? Mm. Uh, a few things. One is just general awareness. I mean, I remember when these things were interesting to me 20 years ago, and I felt like the oddball in a room. Yeah. And now, you know, my parents might ask me about it, which is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. um, and secondly, um, and more specifically, I'm very excited that zero waste has become more part of these environmental discussions, zero waste or low waste. Um, There are a few products that have come out, you know, even though I've made some comments about green products, I actually think we've come up with new products using technology and using our design skills for good um, so that we have products we can use in place of those less green products so that when we do need something like a toothbrush, everybody needs a toothbrush, you have an eco-friendly option out there. Um, so, so yeah, the awareness, um, the excitement, and then using um, all of these great technologies and design skills and, and new thinking around it have, have brought us to a point where we have some really wonderful zero waste choices. Um, and I, I'm very excited to see where that goes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dara. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.